Yeah. So hang, hang on. on. And, and we, go. we go. We go. We go, as they say. Good afternoon, everybody. And I am back with my live at very late lunchtime. My name is Duncan Krieger. This is a version of DefenderCast specifically tailored for us being locked down. We do still cover the main three topics, which are business, property and positive thinking. You'll hear most of my chitter chatter is around those three subjects. I would like to thank you for joining me. Um, The feedback that I've had over the last few weeks has inspired me to continue doing this. So I'm going to do that. And if you don't mind doing the old like and comment and subscribe and sharing it with your friends, I'm sure this will be one of the most interesting things you see today, if not this week. So I'm going to hand over to James to roll the titles and then I'm going to introduce you to a very good friend of mine and we'll see how we get on. Okay. Uh, we can. Yeah, let's do a doorbell. It happened already. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, let me introduce my guest, Rahul Shah. I won't do too much talking for Rahul. I will let him talk to you himself. But here we are. Welcome, Rahul. Thank you very much. Thank, yeah, good. I'm really, really good, actually. People keep asking me how I'm doing, and actually, I, I feel pretty good right now, to be honest with you. That's uh, what we seem to be asking each other, isn't it, at the moment? How are yeah, you? Yeah, how are you? I mean, yeah, I mean, we used to say, hi, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? And it sort of used to float by, but now I think people do actually genuinely seem to be interested in how people are doing. How are you doing? I'm well. Uh, but, you know, obviously, I think at the moment, we all sort of seem to want to give a positive image, isn't it, of what's going on. Uh, I think there's a lot of positives that are going to come out of this. Uh, it takes me out of my comfort zone massively. Um, I just like having freedom. You know? What's the main thing that you think is, that, like, I'm interested I'm in missing, that? Why? I'm missing nature. Yeah. I'm missing the outdoors and nature. Uh, I'm missing uh, seeing my mum and dad and giving them a hug. Yeah. My kids. It's a missing seeing them. I'm missing I my mother-in-law, missing my brother and sister, uh, in per- seeing them in person, missing seeing my mates in person, all that. Really. It's amazing what we take for yeah. granted, really, isn't it? Very much so. But, you know... Uh, How are you dealing with that, then? How are you staying connected to those people? And has it made you think about who you want to be connected to more? Perhaps. I mean, funnily enough, normally I don't really like being that connected. I like having my own time, like keeping myself to myself. Uh, you know, when I when I have my conversations with friends, it's few and far between. You know, often it's yeah. once once every six months, once every twelve months. I must say, I've spoken to more people in the last few weeks than I probably have in you know a long time. You know, twenty people a day I've been speaking to. Yeah. Uh, and I find actually just keeps me more positive. I try not to listen to the news, and by having long form conversation with just mates and clients and business contacts um you know you can have a conversation at a human level uh but then also chat about other things it's great it's fantastic do you think, do you think that will continue then or do you think people will slip back into their ways really quickly and get busy and forget what was important to them in this time well, it's or for you nature. 
human nature, isn't it, to default back to bad ways. Um, I'm hoping I can sort of learn from this and then, uh, you know, have my cake and eat it. When all of this quarantining's over, I think yeah. it's time to really experience life fully, but also not forget the lessons we've learned, not, not forgetting, like, you know, to be mindful of our time and just appreciate what we've got. So you taking some time to do your outside exercise, are you using the, the kind of interpreting the rules to your advantage in some way to get outside? Uh, we spoke before about I, you had to I'm, run. I'm, I'm trying to isolate as much as possible. Um, I think, I mean, my family's better than I am. Uh, I still need to get out for my sanity. So, you know, I've been trying to go out for a run in the morning when there's not many people around. Um, I think luckily where I live is not, it's not very much of a residential area. So, uh, you know, it's, it's in the city. It's just behind Liverpool Street Station. So yeah. on a normal working day, the population swells by like three, 400,000. So if you imagine, I'm surrounded by offices. All the offices are closed. Weird. It's a ghost town. I mean, if we'd, have, yeah, if we'd have sort of proposed this as a possibility that you could come out of your flat on a Monday morning at eight o'clock in the morning and it would feel less busy than it would usually on the weekend in the city you'd have just said there's nothing that could happen imagine um, having, having this conversation three months ago duncan and saying yeah we're going to be living in a semi-police state um you know we could walk down the street and essentially you know we can be questioned by the police that's the purpose of where we're going and there's going to be this mass compliance not just in this country throughout the world i mean we wouldn't have believed it no, you definitely wouldn't have believed it and I would have fought against it. Um, are there any positives right now? Because I know you said right at the beginning you're trying to put a positive face on. Are you having to force yourself to put a positive face on and are there any things? No, no, I think there's, there's lots of genuine positives. Um, I mean, if you think about, obviously, I'm, I'm, I'm worried and concerned about the impact it's going to have on the economy. Um, but the Quite fact right, that we're so. stopping the economy throughout the world, think of the environmental benefits of that. And I think that's going to last generations. Um, what, even if people slip back into their ways? No, not if people slip back. But I think people will realise we don't need to have so much consumption. Um, you know, they'll realise that during this time, the things that gave them comfort were uh, engaging with their friends and family, uh, doing exercise, stimulating themselves mentally, reading, things like that. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't, isn't necessarily, uh, you know, buying consumer goods. Yeah. Uh, going out and consuming. I mean, I'm, I miss going out to eat. I used to yeah. eat out virtually every day. Yeah, me um, too. And actually, I've realized I've, it's allowed me to cook more. Yeah. It's allowed me to cook from scratch, you know? Yeah, it was, it was just kind of late. The whole yeah, process. But, yeah, me too. And actually also choosing things that I like and going around the supermarket thinking what am I going to eat tomorrow I mean look a lot of people go through these things every day but for me it's been a big shift because I live yep. on my own when my kids aren't here and I don't pre-plan anything in my life at all you I just shop daily and now yeah it's definitely caused me to think and to got more time on my hands so I'm using it to kind of throw some things together that I otherwise wouldn't have been bothered with or would have said I'm too busy to do yeah um, and I think that will definitely continue for me. I mean, both of our favourite restaurants randomly. Oh, and I and I would have thought by this stage I was kind of itching to go back. But actually, I feel like, what was I even doing there so often? What was yep. the 
point? Why can't I have a catch up over a video call? Why did I need to get up at five in the morning and not come back till 10 at night? Isn't there things I could have done and used my time better? So for me, I'm definitely kind of soul searching, thinking what well, this is the new me. And I'm genuinely interested in whether or not the people are going to slip back into their ways, um, depending on how long this goes on for, or whether people will wake up on that Monday morning when the, the veil is lifted and say, I'm going to speak to my employer about working home, working from home two days a week. You know, I agree. I'm more productive. I think there will be a lot of people that will see the light. Um, do you really want to do a two-hour commute every day? Um, you know, there will be a lot of people that probably don't see their kids until the weekend because not because they're not there, but just because they're working 70 hours yeah. and you can get home until 8 o'clock. Yeah. Uh, this would be an eye-opener. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think on the same basis, you'll have a lot of families that think, you know, it's probably the first time they've all spent time together. That can be yeah. tough. Yeah. No. Yeah, I uh, think they say there'll be a lot of divorce, a lot of new, a lot of new babies. And, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, just, yeah, I mean, you mentioned about seeing your parents and I definitely feel that I kind of took for granted how often we all congregate at my mum's house once a week I've got three older sisters they've all got kids I mean there's something like 18 of us that sit around um, the table and have a meal together and for the first time this week my sounds like an Indian family (laughs) yeah it was a Jewish family (laughs) Friday night dinner Um, you should come sometime with the kids my mum will love it and we yeah the girls my my three sisters i just got a a whatsapp call the other day and i was actually walking in the park with my son james and there was the three girls and we just had a little catch up we're all chatting and i guess it's what it's shown me is that the people that i do care about and that care about me still care about each other and a lot of the kind of um, I mean, a lot of the business relationships have continued because we, you know, I want to keep the wheels in motion. Um, I desperately want to keep everything moving and for us to adapt to the times. And um, But there's a lot of fluff. I agree there was a lot of fluff, a lot of kind of restaurants and going out and busying myself. And yeah, I, I kind of feel like I've settled in now pretty well. Like this is the new norm to me. Yep. Um, I don't feel... I don't feel that I thought that I would be itching to get out and go somewhere, but I've realized nothing's open and there's nothing actually I really, really want to do. Um, so I, I feel kind of more at peace this week than maybe I did in the first week. Yep. And last week I had the, the boys around me all week. So it was very, very difficult to actually sit down and do some work. But then I've got a whole office set up at home now. I say an office set up. I've got a laptop at my kitchen table. And I can turn it on at nine or 10 at night when, which I always used to do anyway, and try and get through some of the volume of stuff that I'm doing. So yeah, it's, it feels easy to stay positive. I mean, you, you've made a lot of changes to your day-to-day working life. I mean, do you want to talk about what you did do and what you do do with the Yeah, I, stuff? I sort of, I, I made some changes a few years back, um, but I've been quite lucky. Um, I mean, all my life, uh, I've never really had an employer, yeah. So um, I've I've been lucky enough to be. I don't think that's luck. That's um, you make your own luck in that respect. It's been very lucky for me with hindsight, um, because I've just I've seen how many people, uh, especially in London, you know, it's so easy to get on the corporate ladder, um, get a job that sort of inflates your ego, get the salary to match, um, get the lifestyle inflation to match as well. And then suddenly you're you're basically you're in a noose around your yeah. employer, really. You yeah. know, you're um, 
you you can't leave because you need the salary, and it's worse trap to be in. Yeah. Um, and it's something that's always scared me. So uh, I kind of fell into being a self-employed uh, life insurance salesman uh, soon after after university, and then uh, went into mortgage broking in 2000. So good time to get into it. Uh, I worked for Kinley for three months and yep. got sacked. And then I worked for Savills Private Finance. Sounds like why that's why we uh, like each other. <laughs> it's then, the same. And then I then I thought, uh, well, I'll just become a self-employed broker. So um, I was doing that in the city uh, until 2005, and then I went over to Mayfair and I joined up with Paul Munford at MCIFA, uh, and I've been there for 15 years. So what I was doing there was a lot of uh, high-value uh, special situations lending. Uh, generally the stuff that I can monetize and charge good fees on, uh, big loan sizes, uh, where it's not price sensitive. So I'm not trying to compete against other retail brokers. Yeah. Uh, and it worked well for me. It was, it was great. I had great times, um, could go on holiday whenever I wanted. So, you know, I used to, I just used to love backpacking, high altitude trekking, a lot of traveling, uh, and then did that till I had kids. Uh, I've got two daughters, eight and five, so um, they go to school near where I live. Um, so we live in Shoreditch, just between Old Street, Liverpool Street. Uh, so my kind of day-to-day life is either just walking distance of the sort of city yeah. square mile or Mayfair. Uh, and that's how it's been for 15 years. Um and then, yeah, recently, a couple of weeks ago, uh, I've yeah parted company with MCIFA and uh, focusing on some of my other businesses at the moment. What what made you um, make that leap right now? Uh, I think it's probably something I, I've been there 15 years. I mean, it's a long yeah, time I mean, to be anywhere. I was going to say time flies when you're having fun when you said 15 it does. years. It does. And uh, it, it was a great 15 years. Um, but I think there comes a time as well when, you know, I had a consultancy arrangement. So obviously I was responsible for managing my, finding my own business and uh, executing my own business. Um, but there comes a point where you just want more control and freedom as well. So it was, so you're uh, going to carry on doing what you do. Yeah. Yeah. To some extent. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, We'll come back to I mean, work. They, they, there's an issue with, uh, as you can imagine, the FCA are a bit slow at the moment. Yeah. So um, if I was looking to get a new regulation at the moment, it's going to be a bit slow. Fair so, enough. And you're not in a tearing hurry, I presume? Not at all. Not at all. I mean, I've got uh, a lot of other things, a lot of other, uh, lot of yeah. thing, other things on my plate. So. Yeah. And I mean, one of the things I wanted to talk about as well was kind of the buy-to-let market um, because you yeah. sort of un- understood that and um, kind of, work some interesting angles over the years but also yeah i mean that started off as a hobby of mine in uh, 2000 yeah. uh so i bought my first buy to let property i think the sort of buy to let market i don't know if buy to let the word existed like then yeah uh you had mortgage express that was lending they were really like the only buy to let lender yeah and uh, at the time i was i was just living in uh like a re- renting house share in brixton a party flat in brixton and uh you know, I had no, idea, I had no thoughts of getting on the property ladder, you know, to, for a house for myself to live in, um, and just by accident ended up buying a place in Clapham on a, with a hundred percent mortgage, uh, 
and then leveraging up on that within a few months and buying somewhere else in Tooting. So and you then, didn't really uh, have a big plan to be a landlord at that no, time? No, not or? at all. Not at all. My plan was basically, at the time I was thinking, uh, my mortgage, I think it was 599. It was fixed rate, 599 fixed rate. At the time, that was an awesome deal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I think my mortgage payment was 600 uh, and I could rent it out for like 1,000 or something. Yeah. And then when I got the tooting one, it was, it was kind of similar figures. And I just worked out, okay, well, this allows, how, how, you know, this allows me to go to Thailand for this long. Yeah. Uh, and, I, you know, I, I was thinking of his arbitrage. Like, you know, you can make money quite cheaply this way money. and live, live, live elsewhere backpacking, you know? Yeah, especially as you weren't having to raise deposits each time. Things were going up and in your favor. And you were able yeah, to as I say, it's a different area. It was what 100% yeah. financing was available. Yeah. Um, um, but, yeah, off, off the back of that, I sort of stopped building a portfolio where I was buying multiple properties every year. So did you ever get the kind of um, buy-to-let landlord bug, or is it just about how many you need to live the lifestyle that you want? I, well, I, it's a combination of that, but I do like, I love property. I like property. Yeah, I like, me too. I, I like the, I, I like design. I like architecture. I like, I like urban cities. I like just, I just, my best pleasure is just walking a city. Do you Put have me a plan? In a random for this? city and just let me walk it. No. Do you have a plan for this maps. business? No, no. Ask my wife. I'm ter- terrible with maps, but <laughs> I don't really use a map. I like to um, just walk around, find yeah, yeah. my way. I think we talked Absolutely. about this over lunch, actually. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I've got a good sense of direction, so I know. In fact, I like driving, so I'll drive from here to you know some obscure city in Europe, and I'll just sort of figure it out uh, it's roughly towards paris and then oh, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. um and find my you way like there yeah i do like my raid trips i yeah. love my raid trips i was so, going to ask you are, are you not missing are you not missing that i am missing it a lot actually in fact i was just going to ask you but i'm happy to talk about it myself but you you mentioned that one of the drivers was for you going away and i know you love traveling we've talked about this before um, and you like traveling to new places and seeing it, but it wasn't one of the things you listed right at the outset of things that you're really missing. Do you think, like, do you see yourself traveling as much? And are you are you itching to get back on a plane and, and go somewhere? I, I kind of, my wife keeps me grounded and my children keep me grounded. They, they enjoy traveling with me, but yeah. they also like being at home as well and having all their mates and friends around where we live. Yeah. Uh, so... I kind of get the best of both worlds where I can travel with them and I go on holiday by myself as well. Do you think uh, going on going on holiday will feel like a bigger event for a long time? I think time? it will. I think it will. I think, uh, you know, I'm looking back at like photos from like previous years and I see, you know, how lucky I was to be able to go away so frequently. Um, and I think, you know, when you get something in volume, maybe you lose the appreciation. Sometimes you need a pause. Um, so definitely, I'll yeah. definitely appreciate it more. No, I miss. I definitely miss the freedom of being able to get in my car without thinking people are going to be looking at me and questioning yes. where I'm going. Um, but I also do feel this kind of where am I? Go- where would I be going right now? Sort of thing. I mean, I'm not a big. In fact, I was never a big sightseer at all. So my friend, myself, and my friend Lee, who've kind of organised this road trip, he beats me up every day about I want to stop and see the waterfall and I want to stop and see the sites and I'm all about let's just keep going because I'm the you're just enjoying the journey yeah yeah, exactly (laughs) take it in as I'm going by Uh, um and but I did actually send Lee a message we've got a kind of a wreckheads rally um (laughs) whatsapp group 
and mm-hmm. I think there's 10 of us in it who've been on the road trips before and I sent Lee um, a, a note saying if you I'm sorry I never stopped um, to see the sites that you wanted to see and as soon as this is lifted I promise you I'll go and see any <laughs> any sites you want me to and it's kind of like what you just said about you don't really appreciate it until it's gone and so I'm looking forward to that I'm not but I am also really enjoying kind of where we're at right now which is I get to spend loads and loads of time with my kids even like educating them a bit taking them through their schoolwork different types of discipline with bedtimes and food times and um you know things that normally you kind of get into these routines and rhythms so yeah I do miss it I do miss it but I'd, I'd been going through a phase over the last maybe 12 or 18 months where a lot of the material things that I'd had in the past and that I'd I'd earned myself and I was happy to flaunt around I was starting to sort of lose fall out of love a little bit with it already so I'd sold some cars and um moved out of a big house into a small flat and closer to London which is where I wanted to be and yeah and I guess i I feel like I was very mentally prepared for what we're doing right now, which means that not that I was prepared for anything that's actually going on, but just prepared for change and prepared to test myself and be ready for, um, you know, something unexpected. So yeah, I do miss it a bit. And I'd look forward to when I get back in a car, um, and go for another drive, but we'll, we'll have to wait and see how long that will be. I mean, how long do you think we're stuck indoors for? I think uh, realistically, you know, they they talk about this three week period. I think that's really no way. I mean, it, we're looking at six weeks minimum, and yeah. I think realistically, before things get back to normal properly, maybe six months, maybe this maybe is nine this months. is week three, right? So yeah. we're talking about the whole of April at least yep. of being in this lockdown type scenario, yes. um, or shutdown, as I heard Bill Gates describe it, which I thought was a more friendly description, um, and then. Yeah, it's it's the next bit that sort of challenges me as well, which is this kind of slow integration back into certain people are allowed out, certain people aren't allowed out. Yep. Um, it's all become, going to become your yeah. What's your biometric passport? Um, yeah. I went to uh, a clinic in Marlborough this morning. First time uh, I've left Shoreditch in three weeks. The drive was lovely. Yeah. I, I queued outside this clinic on Harley Street for a. A COVID nineteen antibody, uh, you, you know the new test they're doing. Test, yeah. Yeah. So it checks if you basically had it, um, and if you basically created the antibodies to. Uh, so I was, you know, it's one of those tests where you're actually hoping I've got it. I hope I've got this. Yeah, you know? It's weird. They, they give me the give me the results. <laughs> Sorry, no, they're no, 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 like no, yeah, no, you're fine. I'm like, yeah. oh no, it's not the result I wanted. You know. <laughs> you're um, fine what does that even you know, mean I, I, was, I was thinking, oh, I've got it as a badge of honor. Then I can do what I want. I've got freedom. Yeah. I can help other people out. Yeah. yeah, but um, yeah. So you don't so, have it. Yeah. So you haven't had it yet. I haven't had it yet. I um, I actually signed up to be an NHS volunteer. Yep. Um, and just because I do, I am going to spend probably half the time on my own. And mm-hmm. I was thinking, you know, I do want to sort of help rather than just Great kind of. Do. Yeah. Um. In what capacity? So, this is where it came from as a kind of I, I don't think it's called a delivery driver but basically yeah. as a driver okay uh, yeah so driving supplies yeah driving supplies exactly um so i've got got free afternoon after this and i'll there's clever app where you sort of log in and log out to say that you're available so i'll see what happens but yeah i was thinking 
I want to get out and about and I want to observe the rules. And on the other hand, the government are calling for volunteers to help do things. So it kind of works out pretty well for me. You know, it makes you feel me... sometimes we can be like, you know, feel a bit ashamed by the fact that we're going out and doing things as well. Yeah, um, I do. Whereas if you are, have what uh, society deems to be a, an acceptable job, which can often be a gray area, you know, there's a, you know, delivery, uh, a delivery driver could be delivering something that's vital or, yeah, it or something. Un- yeah, trivial. I mean, like yeah. Am- Amazon, I'm sure, are delivering a hell of a lot of trivial stuff right now. Um, yeah. And yeah, I, I, like, I focus on myself and I'm very fortunate that I don't give a fuck what anybody else thinks. Um, so I tell it as it is in the, the main things that I'm actually doing are picking up my kids and dropping them off. So mm-hmm. right at the very outset. Um, and James, who's hidden behind the screen at the moment, was saying to me, you know, be careful what you say on this. Hiya. Um, you all right, James? It's actually been changed, I believe. It was ruled specifically about kids in two homes. I saw a thing about it the other day. Was it? Yeah. You're well, allowed well, okay. to. They're expected to live between the two homes. There you go. So on day one, I said uh, um, both the boys' mothers were saying, look, it's you know, button down the hatches. We're not going to see you yep. for a few weeks. I was like, absolutely no chance in hell. These mm-hmm. boys have two homes. They spend a lot of their time in both and nothing is going to change. I'm not having sure. it. I'm not discussing it. Um, because I thought, I, I instantly thought three weeks would turn into six weeks and I wasn't prepared to, you know, as, as tough as I understand as it is for my mum, and I'm not, not saying it's not as tough for her because she's used to having 35 years, 35 years of her kids being around every week. Um, for me, I felt it was important for me and I felt it was important for the boys to know that I was there and, uh, you know, I wasn't going to use any excuse not to see them. So, um, good for you. So I do, I do. I drop them off and I pick them up and they stay here for three or four days at a time, sometimes together, sometimes individually. So actually I feel like I'm, I am getting out and about. You know, I, I still not used to shopping for myself or for the boys for a full week. So I can walk down to Tesco on the high street. It's 200 yards away. Um, but I'm hearing, so first time I listened to the news or I listened to LBC in the car this morning when I dropped James home and the amount of negativity around... You can't listen to the, that, Duncan. Park, You've got to turn, park, turn that shit bench. off, man. I mean, the, the park that shit bench. Off. I mean, I just, I couldn't actually believe it. Um you know, people shouting at people, they're cycling past, <laughs> someone called in and said, I was cycling past and I saw someone sitting on a park bench and I couldn't help it. I had to shout traitor, traitor. And I was thinking, what is going on? Literally, I mean, and I, think that, I think there's a lack of guidance, to be honest with you. I think there's a lack of, um, and I don't, I don't think it's because the government don't want to tell us everything, but I think we don't know how long we're going to be indoors for. We don't know if it's okay to um, walk through the park when you could walk around the park and go straight home. And if you're feeling a bit tired, why well, you shouldn't be able to sit down on a bench for 10 minutes um, and take a breath of fresh air. But there seems to be people take these rules and they spiral into you're trying to kill my parents and yeah, all sorts of crazy stuff stupid stuff so the, the long-winded answer is i try to keep myself to myself um yeah. i i wear my heart on my sleeve so i'm telling 100 percent the truth at all times i say the same thing to you live on youtube that i would say to my mum um on the phone and to my clients in a meeting and i think people just need to use their brain and um 
I saw, I went, I've been going out for some runs as well, not as many as I would have liked to, but I saw outside Sainsbury's, um, them letting one person in at a time and a queue of 40 people outside standing elbow to elbow, just thinking, you know, use your brains here, people. You don't need the government to, you know, they're saying two metres. How difficult is it? I've actually noticed a lot more compliance when I've been. Uh, maybe it's it, was, it was Waitrose and M&S, but, I, yeah. you know, maybe that, that's the reason. I only ran past Sainsbury's. I didn't go in. Uh, <laughs> I did my M&S shop today. But I think... Um, and was everything there? Could you find everything you wanted? Pretty much. Yeah? Pretty much. I mean, I defi- I didn't do any speed shopping at all when things went mad. I didn't go to the shops. I didn't go and try and buy eggs and flour and toilet paper. I just... I, I had a feeling deep down inside that I was going to be all right. You wish you had, I, see, I, I didn't do any of that. And then I was yeah. told I, I wish I had. Like really? my girls were baking a cake a day and yeah. flour is difficult to get hold of man yeah it's you crazy it now, it's difficult it's to get crazy. hold of yeah uh, yeah i mean yeah i guess that's what happens when you sell a year's worth of supplies in three days um <laughs> you know it's hard to get stuff in i think i'm interested to see the long-term effects of you know, there's a lot of importing and exporting that is just you know the things that i work around the pausing of um you know, property transactions is kind of a bit trivial in the grand scheme of things. When you think God, about what... We haven't what, even talked uh, about that, have we? We, no, haven't, we haven't touched on property yet. What what needs to happen for every single wheel, for every single business, for, you know, car factories and manufacturers and farming and deliveries. And, you know, it's, it's mind-boggling that we can just pause. Um, and that's that's just been a lesson to me about expect the unexpected. But some um, people are still find, finding ways of uh, getting things done. I mean, uh, you know, all sorts had two auctions last yeah. week. Yeah. Did um, you look at the results? Sort of, uh, yeah, there were some interesting results. I mean, a lot of the stuff didn't achieve uh, reserve prices, um, but there's some interesting deals. There's one on, uh, I can't remember, it was either Savills or, or the all sort one. There was a 2,000 square foot house uh, in uh, Holland Park, Muse House. Beautiful, attractive facade, needs full full refurb inside. What do you think it went for? 2,000 square feet, Kensington. Um, one and a quarter, one and a half million, maybe. Yeah, spot on. Yeah. I mean, look, I think stuff will... Look, I'm, a, I'm a main part of my business is lending, um, as you know. And we haven't actually done much or anything together over the last 10 or 15 years but our paths have crossed continuously and i'm um i'm sort of stuck between this eternally positive guy who believes wholeheartedly that things will be all right in the end and the other part of me is just trying to figure out how long trying to fathom because someone said to me this morning i don't think property prices have been affected at all and i was like bullshit Uh, just it's utter bullshit um right now and then the argument was, well, it depends how long we're in lockdown for. So I said, okay, I, now I agree. So now what we're saying is if it goes on for three more weeks, okay, maybe some of the sales that were agreed will go through at the original purchase price and there won't seem to be this this dip. It goes on for six months before people really can go out and start looking for a new home again um, or decided that they, they want to move flat and rent somewhere else, which currently you just can't go. You can't go and see stuff. And what I'm always thinking is as a lender, in a worst case scenario, what happens when a loan comes to an end and a lot of our loans are heavily reliant on um, refinance or sale? And I think both of those avenues are 
limited um, yep. to say the least and therefore how do we go into how do we go into loans um, so what we're doing is we're extending the term so we're not lending for less than 12 months and we want to retain trying to get a bit of capital reduction from the client if you can if there's any scope for that as well I think we at the moment we're trying to be um, if it came to an extension we certainly would if it came to the end of a loan term um, I think we're, I'm a bit conscious of the fact that everybody's doing their part and I would like to be um, sensible and I would like our funders and backers to be sensible as well. And I think they'll take our view on that. I still think there's some traction for new business as well. I mean, somebody's At buying right that property. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, even maybe for purchases, 60%. I mean, it's a lot. So if I look at some of the stuff I've done over the last six months, take that um Holland Park Muse House at one and a half million quid, let's say. I mean, or one and a quarter million pounds, lending a million pounds. If I was the buyer, would you be able to fund that for me on the basis of a um, non-internal inspection? Yeah, so for residential property, um, there are, we're just about to release to the press that we're going to start working from automated valuations. is that just for houses? Or uh, some of the stuff houses? I've lent on in, just for residential houses. Okay. Because commercial, I mean, commercial property to me is, we, we come on to the sort of next phase of this, is just bad news. I mean, yeah. I can imagine a lot of those city buildings that you're used to seeing um, at the rat race at seven o'clock in the morning and in Liverpool Street just not being the same. Um, I can, I've got friends of mine who run businesses in the city, recruitment business, um, paying something like 25 grand a month to WeWork, who's just saying to me, I'm not doing it anymore. Um, yeah. I reckon I can attract better quality people all over the world, working full time from the comfort of their own home. I now know how to address them all every morning. I know how to let them report to me. I've been forced to learn all of the things that I didn't think were possible before. And his first thought is contract, contract that office as quickly as possible and as much as possible. Not because he is worried about his bottom line. He still wants to increase his business. Um, So as a lender, I'm looking at the high street. I mean, one of the things that I feel I do kind of have a shiver down my spine a little bit when I run down the high street uh, and I've been doing sort of four or five mile runs so I can go down a a good two mile stretch of the Edgware Road up to Marble Arch. It's just not going to be the same. It just, just, it's not um some of those shops where people locked up walked away four or five weeks ago they will never go back and there will be empty space on the high street there will possibly be more more conversion of that into residential again um what do you see open when you run down the high street because there's something i've noticed the only kind of business that i'm seeing open is the cafe and bar space where they're adapting to just deliveries food basically yeah food that's it I mean, they're, they're yeah, closed yeah. and they just got uh, motorbike drivers just taking deliveries yeah food yeah. yeah i mean i can't think of anything else right now that i've seen open um literally all different types of food having said that over the last two weeks i've seen more and more of those close as well those yeah. that were trying to support the community and keep their own bills um, being serviced have one at a time said, we're closing, we're closing, we're closing. Mm-hmm. Um, so the habit, people's habits change incredibly quickly. I mean, you're used to getting up and doing that every morning. 
all of a sudden you get up and you've got to do this every morning after two days. It's like, I've always done this. So, you know, I don't even know why I was doing that in the first place. And I can see that happening. I can see people, um, you know, being happy to queue outside. You know, if, you, yeah. if you'd have gone in the past to your local M&S and there was a queue outside, you just said, loves this, I'll go somewhere else. Now it's like, oh, the sun's shining. Just take a minute. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we look, as a business, I still want to be able to fund um, loans, but I want to be able to go to my investors and say, taking everything into account, I believe this is um, a relatively low risk. Um, and I don't, I don't want to have egg on my face, but I do want to continue doing what we've always done, which is to provide both our borrowers and our funders with a service and people need to make a return on their money still, maybe even more than ever. Lenders around us have dropped like flies for a number of different reasons. Some have got funding problems, some have got, um, all manner of problems. Um, so we're we're actually getting calls from people as on the kind of positive side. We're getting calls from people we would never have got calls from borrowers who had relationships that we couldn't break into, brokers that had um, a system for churning out new inquiries. So yeah, there are a lot of positives to be honest with you. Um, and we. What are you doing with your pipeline deals, Duncan? Are you still getting? Are those all going to complete? No. Or have you had to no. chip any into values? Or? No. I mean, the pipeline got decimated. Um, I held on for a long time. There was a few loans that I wasn't over, happy over with. Over how many weeks? Are we going back sort of from like two, three La- weeks back? Pre-last week. Um, so yeah. the week before last um, was me. I think I was putting it off, to be honest with you. I was putting off having to have a load of difficult discussions. And I had every single one of those last week. Okay. And it just reminded me that actually it's good to get it off your chest and not to bury your head in the sand um i think i'm good to nip it in the bud early as well yeah nip it in the bud and also be honest you know but none of this is is our problem it's not our fault sorry you know we're not we're not here to um provide capital at any cost for any person for any reason we're trying to do right by our investors and our shareholders and i'm trying to navigate my way around this murky water and I just got more and more nervous about everything. We, we dropped something like 25 million pounds out of our pipeline, mm-hmm. um, which hurt because yep. I've been building that pipeline up for two years. I've, I've yep. invested a hell of a lot of my own money in this business, but I, I came out thinking. Yeah. Better to cut the throat on that though, than yeah. uh, have it, have it hang, hanging as a liability. I don't want to be a superhero. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to be a superhero and I don't want to be sleeping bad at night for the next six months or six years thinking, I know, I know in my heart I shouldn't have done that, but also I don't want to let people down. Um, so it needs to be done in the right way. It needs to be done quickly. Uh, what about your pipeline? I mean, you must have customers who were buying and selling and refinancing. What, what did Ab- you see? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I've had scenarios where loan to values have been chipped massively uh, on sites where, you know, we've had uh, funding agreed at 70%. Um, luckily, uh, it's still been uh, workable at 50%. Yeah. And those those deals have already uh, are going to go ahead to exchange and completion purely because we've had valuations done. And my buyer feels there's a commercial value in the transaction. Simple as that. Uh, with other ones that before exchange, they're, they're, they're aborting. And they're going to use this as an opportunity to renegotiate. Yeah, I mean, there's surely going to be better opportunities out there in the next six months than there were in the last well, six months. No. Not necessarily. It depends. Depends what you're getting. You can. You, ne- you never know what, what what deal someone's getting. But um, there's yeah, no but point also buying depends. at the moment unless you need to. You yeah. Know? Yeah, it's interesting. 
Um, it's also about, I mean, all the, the only buyers that are going to be around are the ones that are capitalized, really, the ones that have got, got cash funds. Yeah. And they're going to be able to do some very interesting deals because yeah. there's no one else at the table. So as, so as to buy to let landlord, have you, you, you seen, I know you've got multiple tenants. Have you, are they all private tenants? Have you had the calls? Combination. Of- it's a combination. So like, I think in the first week of all this was happening, I was really burying my head in the sand. I was shell-shocked by the whole thing. Uh, and it was only after about a week that I started uh, engaging with my clients and my tenants. Yeah. And it was the best thing you can do, really. Yeah. Uh, I think communication, whatever it is, the best thing. So I found that depending on the demographic of the tenant and their profile, it affects you know, how they can deal with this situation. So if you're a professional tenant in a blue chip job with a six-figure income, uh, which is you know underpinned by the employer and then ultimately by the government after that, it's not so much of an issue. Are they still uh, paying their rent though? They are. They are indeed. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and as far as they were concerned, it, they were like, well, of course they would be, you know. But you know, they, they appreciated the phone call from me, just checking in, see how yeah. how they are, you know. Yeah. Um, the HMO style properties, they're much more of an issue. Uh, some of those have been let to operators who essentially take them off me on five-year leases and then will sublet individual rooms uh, to either students or uh, young professionals, mainly from Europe and overseas, who are working uh, in either um, uh, leisure uh, and retail or, or food sector around Old Street. And they've been affected massively. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, clearly they're, they're not open. They're, they're cash flow businesses income. as well. So if they don't get their rent, they can't pay you. Yeah. So with those people, um, obviously my covenant is the company. It's not the end, end tenant. So yeah. that's, the, you know, my, my, the corporate is liable for my rent. Uh, but I've had to come to some arrangements with them where we've had defer and deferrals in place, uh, which they'll catch up with later on. Yeah. Um, but I think the main thing is, is I wanted to just, you know, with the tenants I'm direct with, instill upon them that it's their home. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not, you know, if they've got a problem, they can have a chat with me. We're working yeah. through. Yeah, yeah, and I think that, that uh, feels like the general kind of vibe right now, which is in the past you'd have thought, oh, no, I want to have a discussion with my landlord. But now you're thinking, I'm going to talk to him. You know, he's yep. in the same boat as me and vice versa. Um, a friend of mine. It's a level of this. It's a, yeah, all, all a level. It, it doesn't matter how much you earn, what, what yeah. you know, you, what age you are. When you lose your li- when you're not allowed to, when you lose your liberty, you lost your liberty. It's like it's yeah. as simple as that, isn't it? Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, one of the things that a friend of mine focuses heavily on housing association and local authority rents and um, in a lot of boroughs, they have just increased the LHA rates, the local housing authority rates um, by 25 or 30 um, percent. Wow. So that's it's interesting. I mean, look, that's the tenant you want. Basically, you've got from all of a sudden things that looked more bitty and painful before might start yeah. looking more positive now when you've got a housing association paying local authority rates and taking a five year contract. Um, previously, you'd have thought, you know, I'd rather have a private tenant who's got a good job. But now, yeah. you know, those sort of things, everything's up in the air. Everything's exactly, you know, you'll take, take a lower income for more security. Yeah. And, and be- better, better covenant. Yeah, I think they're struggling right now with just more people needing homes um, more than ever. I mean, yeah. and the, the people that are those ultimate tenants are already at the bottom. They already don't have a job. They're already, you know, relying on the government for income. And, 
you know, so their situation hasn't changed. Um, yeah, I mean, I wonder how like banks and councils have coped with for a commercial business start working from home. Um, you know, you can set up all night and do what you need to do to hook up Zoom or whatever it may be and start having meetings and muddle your way through. But for, you know, councils and housing associations and they're not geared, um, off. They're not geared up for this. No, you know, they don't so all have laptops and broad operations. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but what's encouraging is things are still moving okay maybe they're not they're not as fluid as ever but people's urgency for things now 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 isn't as as fluid as it was before either so yeah it's kind of this worldwide pause it's yep. not even that you know we were saying before about the city shutting down this just everywhere if you'd have told everywhere. me yes. you can't fly to america yeah i don't know why that struck me um at the time when yep. trump said that's it no one's coming over um yep. I was thinking that's significant. the American dream. It's like yeah. that's where you go when you want to go and, you know, all else fails and you want to try your hand or reinvent yourself, try something new. And now you're not allowed. You know, I'm not even allowed yeah. to get in my car and drive to Scotland to get some fresh air. People would be shouting at me and throwing eggs at me. So interesting times. <laughs> interesting times. We use that word a lot. Yeah, man. How's it working with kids at home then? How's it? Um... They're, they're, they're adapting really well. Um, we took them out of school a week before uh, the schools were, uh, uh, you know, just schools closed officially. So, you know, initially it was a bit of a novelty for them, yeah. you know, not going to school. But, uh, you know, it's tough. Um, we're, we're lucky enough to have a, you know, comfortable place. Yeah. Uh, there's enough space for them to do whatever they want. We've got yeah. outdoor space. So we're very lucky in that regard. They're, you know, keeping in touch with their friends uh, with video calls and this and that. Uh, and I think they've just found also new bond and closeness together because they're just in each other's face all the time. Yeah. So. Yeah, good. I've definitely seen yeah. brothers and sisters sort of coming together, even the ones that can't see each other. Uh, it definitely yeah. feels like um, family. The importance of your family is sort of become has grown somehow for everyone Definitely, yeah i mean that can only be a positive thing uh and also i mean it's, it's a leveler you know this is a something that's affecting everyone in the world um you know makes us perhaps appreciate like the common bond of humanity we all share maybe yeah a bit more. Definitely. we often forget that don't we yeah i mean it's it's definitely transcends race and color and religion and uh, nationality and you know, all of a sudden your neighbour is your neighbour again. And if they need you to get something from the shops, of course you would drop everything yeah, in, uh, and go absolutely. to shops. Whereas, you know, it just wasn't like that before. So there, there's a lot of positives. Um, I always enjoy talking to you and catching up. I uh, really appreciate you coming on uh, and seeing this with me. And we said we were going to catch up again soon. I didn't realise we were going to have to do it on um, on video, but I've yeah, enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, I look forward to doing it face to face next time. Yeah, definitely. James, what, what should we be doing now? Because I know you're... I think you just say, that was great. Thanks. That's awesome. Mate, that was great. Thank you very much. Keep your head up. Go for Take a run. Care, man. See you, mate. Speak soon. Bye. Okay. Recording.